0: You're listening to another episode of Living Well with Eisenhower Health, healthcare as it should be. Here's Bill Klaproth. Skin cancer is the most commonly diagnosed type of cancer among men and women. So what are the signs and symptoms and how can you be smart about your skin? Let's find out with Bryson O'Neill, a certified physician assistant working at the Eisenhower Dermatology and Mohs Center at Eisenhower Health. Bryson, thanks for your time.
1: Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Bryson, why is skin cancer on the rise, first off?
1: Well, there's kind of a few factors going into it. You know, some of it is expected. Our baby boomers, or our largest demographic population in the U.S., is kind of hitting a stage where all of their sun exposure is adding up, and they're kind of getting to the point where some of that exposure is turning into um, skin cancer as they've had their sun exposure over their years. So that's expected. But we're also seeing in research that, Um, In the time from 1976 to 1984 and 2000 to 2010, basal cell carcinoma rates are going up 145% and squamous cell carcinoma rates are going up over 263%. And what we're seeing is that not only the baby boomers are seeing this large increase in skin cancer, but people younger than 40 years old also are seeing a huge increase. Over that same time period, melanoma rates are doubling too. So we're not using enough sunscreen, we're spending more time outdoors, our population's getting older, and we're seeing a lot more skin cancer. Um, So if you're lucky enough to live to be 60 years old in the U.S., you have about a 40 to 50% chance of getting skin cancer, which is high. And the startling thing about this is that a lot of this is preventable, you know. So we'll go through and talk about a lot of the things that we can kind of do to minimize some of these things.
0: That sounds good. It certainly sounds like we are not protecting our skin. So what should we look out for? What are the signs of skin cancer?
1: So generally speaking, you want to look out for anything that's changing or anything that's getting bigger, anything where the colors are kind of becoming multiple Um, In terms of melanoma, we talk about the ABCDE rule, so that's A for asymmetry, that's one half doesn't match the other, B for border irregularity or a jagged edge appearance, and then C, just a color that's not uniform, so either different shades of light tan or gray or even um, white, blue, or pink can be worrisome too. Um, And then D, we talk about the diameter of lesions in terms of worrisome lesions over six millimeters or about the end of a pencil eraser. And then E, evolving. So that just kind of is a representation of any changes that are going on. If the size is increased, the shape's getting bigger, or the color's changing. And then I would add on to the A, B, C, D, E rule also an ugly ducking, ugly duckling sign. And that just means if there's one little lesion on your body that looks so different than everything else, that potentially could be worrisome also. Um, When we talk about the ABCDE rule, that generally applies just to pigmented lesions. Um, Melanomas are rare compared to basal cell and squamous cell carcinoma, though. So just generally speaking, if you notice something new that you've never seen before, something changing or something just not healing, if you notice a scab that doesn't heal within four to six weeks, that could also be the earliest sign of skin cancer.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. So who needs a skin exam? It sounds like we need to be monitoring our own body, but are there certain people that should automatically go in for a skin exam?
1: It's a great question. So generally speaking, um, lighter skin types with lighter eyes and lighter hair with extensive sun exposure, mini blistering sunburns, you know, if you've grown up in Southern California, you're probably due for a skin exam, at least one. If you're wondering and you don't have a history of skin cancer, the first place to start, the best place is just ask your primary care provider to take a look at your skin and see if you might be uh, a person that would be necessary to get one. And then in terms of skin cancer patients, if you have a diagnosis of skin cancer, you should be seen at least once a year for a full body skin exam. Most of our skin cancer patients are seen twice a year though. And then we have a large portion of pre-cancer patients who have a lot of precancers cancers that we treat, who are kind of trying to hold off so that they don't start to graduate on to get these skin cancers, and they get full-body skin exams at least once a year also.
0: Well, that makes sense. And what about, as you said, you know, we're not protecting ourselves as we should. I know as a kid, I had a couple of really bad sunburns. You know, we didn't really know about it as much, and... Would that put me at a higher risk or somebody listening that says, geez, I have the same thing, some really bad sunburns. Are those people at higher risk?
1: Bill, absolutely. One blistering sunburn during childhood or adolescence can double your risk of getting melanoma. And if you get five or more blistering sunburns between ages 15 and 20, you increase your risk of getting a melanoma by 80 percent and non-melanomas, that's basal cell and squamous cell, by almost 70 percent. How so about pretty that? significant damage from these sunburns.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, so let's talk about protecting our skin. We already mentioned we're not really doing a good enough job about it. Well, maybe we are now, but there seems to be a lot of confusion with sunscreen, the SPF, and what I should wear and how often I should put it on. So, Bryson, if you can kind of clear the confusion for us, tell us about sunscreen
1: decreasing your exposure to UV light is the most preventable risk factor. So, you know, just kind of backing up a little bit, staying out of tanning beds, hands down, you never want to go into tanning beds, not worth it. Seek shade whenever possible. And then really, um, Stay out of the sun when the sun's rays are strongest, that's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., right when the sun's kind of right over the top of us. And then, you know, we, we live in the desert out here, so that's not always possible to stay out of the sun. We encourage our patients to go and enjoy life. That's why most of us moved here. So if you have to be outside during the peak sun hours, just wear protective clothing, hats with a three-inch brim, and then make sure and wear your sunglasses. And then sunscreen is really just a third best option for areas that we can't keep covered. Now, sun protectant factor or SBF factor is a question that comes up pretty commonly. You know, patients are always asking, what strength should I use? What do these numbers really mean? And there's kind of a convoluted rating system that originally went into the SPF rating system. So originally they kind of looked at a whole huge population of different skin typed people and they put sunscreen on one side of their body and then they left the other side of their body with no sunscreen. They put them in the sun and they wanted to see how much time that sunscreen could really give them a prevention in terms of um, before their skin started to turn red from being in the sun. Now, the problem with this equation is that there's so many different types of skin And there's so many different factors that go into these averages that they're just not accurate. For example, the time of day that you go outside, the environment that you're in, if you're in water or if you're outside working out or hiking and you're kind of sweaty, the sunscreen will wipe off faster. Or if you're in an area where you can get some reflection from water or snow or sand, the sunscreen isn't going to work as well. Or if you have lighter skin types, the sunscreen simply isn't going to give you as much protection as it will darker skin types. So if you look at the SPF factor in terms of blocking the UV dose from reaching your skin, an SPF of 15 is blocking 93% of those UV rays Versus an SPF of 30, which blocks about 96.7%, and an SPF of 50, which blocks 98.3%. So we're talking about small percentage differences between the strengths, but those small differences do add up over the years. When we tell Mm -hmm. patients about sunscreen, we recommend to patients to wear sunscreen SPF 30 or above just for quick in-and-out-of-the-car errand type of stuff. And then if you really know you're going to be outside for any extended period of time, we recommend using SPF 50 or above. But the big kicker here is to reapply your sunscreen Every hour and a half to two hours, because the studies show that this, the sunscreens are not staying on your skin any longer than that. So they're not providing you any protection after an hour and a half to two hours. So, big so thing is yeah. just use the sunscreen on the spots that you can't cover and reapply it every hour and a half.
0: It's a lot of great information. So, just to recap what you said there, since this is so important, stay out of tanning beds, stay out of the sun during peak hours. And if you're outside, Make sure you're wearing the proper clothing, hat, sunscreen, and for in and out, 30 or above sunscreen, SPF, 50 if you're going to be outside for an extended period of time and reapply every hour and a half. So you great, got you great, got great information, hand. Bryson. So what is the role of a dermatology physician's assistant?
1: So physician assistants were created by doctors. You know, back in the um Vietnam War, they had all these trained um, medics that were coming out of the war and they wanted to kind of fill them into society. And so a team of doctors at Duke University came up with a curriculum which now we know as the physician assistant curriculum. They created this healthcare profession to help see patients. You know, there's a big demand, um, and there's a lot of patients that are going without health care, and it's only going to get worse. So my role within the office here is to help see more patients. So I evaluate diagnosis and treat a broad variety of conditions, both medically and surgically. I focus primarily on skin cancer, so I do skin cancer screening exams. I talk a lot about preventative care and patient education for dermatologic patients and families. And I work in a team with board-certified um, Mohs surgeon Dr. Mattenpool. Um, Dr. Mattenpour specializes in Mohs surgery, which is a technique to remove skin cancer in difficult areas, like uh, above the collarbones, on the hands, and the lower legs.
0: So that Mohs surgery, as we wrap up, give us just a little bit more information on that, because that Mohs surgery is really valuable for a lot of people.
1: So... The Mohs procedure, it's named after a doctor, the last name of a doctor that invented it. And it's a way to treat skin cancer in the office where we histologically check the edges and the depth of these areas of skin by looking under the microscope to make sure that we get all the skin cancer out the day of the surgery before we place any surgeries and repair the area. So if you have to have a skin cancer that needs to be treated surgically, the Mohs procedure is the most effective treatment. It's 99% effective at treating non-melanoma skin cancer, which is the most effective thing that you'll find out there. But not everything needs the most, you know, needs to be treated with Mohs surgery. Our goal is to treat most of these areas, these precancers, and even skin cancers, non-surgically before they get to the point where they need surgery. Because surgeries can be exhausting for these skin cancer patients, especially um, these patients that have a a huge history of many, many different skin cancers.
0: Mm -hmm. And as you said, the best medicine is prevention. So cover up when you're out in the sun. Bryson, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Bill. And be sure uh, to subscribe to Living Well with Eisenhower Health and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And check back for our next episode soon. And to make an appointment or learn more, call 760-837-8542 or visit eisenhowerhealth.org slash mohs. That's M-O-H-S. Once again, call 760-837-8542 or visit eisenhowerhealth.org slash mohs. Once again, Moses is M-O-H-S. S. This is Living Well with Eisenhower Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.